Welcome back to Sit, Stay, Share, the podcast where we talk about anything pet-related, because who doesn't love to talk about their pets, right? Today, I wanted to share a Vesper story, in part because we just marked his 10th gotcha day, and in part because I know a lot of you struggle with your own reactive dogs, and I wanted you to understand how alone you are not. We totally get it, and that's one of the reasons we offer services like private appointments for harness and coat fittings. So first off, it's important to understand that I have a history of adopting, let's just say, difficult dogs. Katie Greyhound, my first dog as an adult and the inspiration, of course, behind Houndstooth, was at the rescue for over a year because no one wanted her. She was not a very Greyhound-like Greyhound, which is kind of a tough sell for someone looking for, you know, a Greyhound. Ellie was returned by her original adopter, which is a story for another day. And I think we were Vishna's third home, maybe fourth, but I, I feel it was we were her third. Dingo and Dylan were both volunteer favorites at Fast Friends of New Hampshire, and we somehow managed to adopt them before anyone else did. So three cheers for us. But Vesper, Vesper's story once again involves us bringing home a difficult dog. We lost Dingo to osteosarcoma on October 5th, 2012, which was two days before that year's Chase Away 5K, a fun run I organize every year to benefit Chase Away Canine Cancer. It probably goes without saying that I 100% do not recommend losing your dog to canine cancer right before you host a canine cancer fundraiser. The whole experience left us shattered, especially after having such an amazing story with Ellie, who was a four-year cancer survivor. Vishna, our Whippet and Dingo's best friend, responded by destroying the house, which really didn't help. Heidi was reasonably okay, but she was oddly afraid of Dingo, this big white greyhound who was, in fact, afraid of his own shadow. So three of us were heartbroken, and one of us was unsettled by our outpouring of grief. A few weeks go by, and I get an email from the same rescue group where we got Heidi. There's a Saluki in Indiana who's been in foster care for a year and a half. He's originally from Kuwait. He was rescued after getting hit by a car, and he's got a nasty scar under his neck where they had to surgically remove his original collar. He had been left chained out. You can fill in the rest. Mentally, we weren't really in a position to add to our pack, but I just couldn't look away from this sad boy who desperately needed a home. And bonus... His foster family was only a short drive from my parents' house where we were going to spend Thanksgiving. It's a sign, right? Yes, it's a sign. Say it with me now. It's a sign. (laughs) So, of course, we did it. You know we did it. Vesper came to us, unbeknownst to us, with a double ear infection and a really, 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 really bad communication skills. He desperately wanted to play with Vivi. So he'd pounce and growl and bare his teeth and send his hackles sky high. She'd tremble and bolt, and he'd look sad and confused. Buddy, I'd tell him, that's not how you invite someone to play with you. You're scaring her. But he couldn't hear me because he was busy barking and lunging and 
making all kinds of ruckus at something, anything that walked or rode or drove or scurried past our house. We had brought home a reactive dog with most likely also a case of PTSD. Walks were challenging. We had to warn house guests that Vesper would bark and snap at them any time they came near him for any reason. He wasn't snuggly. He wasn't sweet. He scared Vishna. But Heidi, I don't know, maybe because they're both Salukis from Kuwait, there was a definite bond there. Heidi did not play with other dogs. She rarely played with toys. When she did, it was a little scary, but that's something else. But she would chase Vesper around the backyard with glee, going woo, 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 at him all the way. And he loved every second of it. He's not bad. Don't get me wrong. There are dogs far more difficult and far more reactive than Mr. Cranky Pants. But this was a new experience for us. It required more behavioral training than we're used to. And as an added measure, he's allergic to basically everything except fleas and turkey. So yeah, you're a dog who's allergic to everything? We get that one too. Anyhow, back to training. I signed him up for recall class first as he'd run in the exact opposite direction every time I called for him to come. We later took a class specifically geared towards reactive dogs, which I highly recommend. If you have a reactive dog, I strongly suggest finding a trainer who specializes in reactive dogs to help you understand what you're going through and what you want and can realistically do about it. We learned how to more effectively control him when he lunged at people in passing cars, and we learned ways to minimize his less-than-ideal public behavior, even if we would never eliminate it completely. Most importantly, I think, we learned how to bond with such a difficult dog. Because he is difficult, and it was hard to bond with him. It didn't help that we got him, quote-unquote, too soon after the trauma of Dingo's death, or that he has three distinct personalities. But we brought him into our family, and we needed to figure this out. Years have passed, and he's mellowed. A bit. He's still reactive, of course, and he's still difficult. He's still cranky. In large part because we're not the most consistent trainers in the world. But honestly, I don't think even if we were, he would ever be fully cured or whatever. He suffered way too much trauma at the start. But he's happy. He dances, he plays in his own weird Vesper way, he runs up and down Mount Whippet, which is perfect for his arthritic wrist, and he runs all around our little mini forest, which is perfect for his allergies. He no longer has, I know I'm going to cry, he no longer has his VFF Heidi or his friend Dylan, but Luna May will gladly chase him around the yard and even up Mount Whippet, something Heidi always felt was beneath her. He's affectionate now, too. I don't know when it first started, but for a few years, he'd just rest his head on your leg, but only when you were standing. So, like, I'd be at the kitchen counter, and he'd randomly crank his neck to about a 90-degree angle and place his chin on my thigh. It was, it was as awkward as it sounds. These days, he's a lot less awkward about it, and he approaches us more frequently. I'm not going to say he's a snuggle like Heidi was, but he definitely knows it's safe to be sweet. He rests his chin in my lap when I'm sitting at the table. He'll ask for chin scritches. He'll ask for chest scritches. He wants affection on his terms when he wants it, as long as it doesn't piss him off. 
Vesper will theoretically be 14 next month. He's an old man with a graying face, arthritic pain, and, as always, a cranky attitude. But his favorite season is here. He loves snow, which is so odd to me given his breed and origin story. But he's having fun, and that's the most important part. If you were to ask me 10 years ago how things are going with Vesper, I honestly don't know what I would say. We were so utterly overwhelmed with all of it. Today, I love that cranky Saluki with all I've got. So that's probably enough for now. We'd love to hear your pet story in the new year. Reach out to us on Instagram, Facebook, or the Contact Us page on our website, www.houndstoothbt.com, or stop by the store and show off your pet in person. Until next time, sit, stay, share.